So it's a he said, he said type of thing. Carlos says this. Boris says this. Crane says this. Click says this. Who's right? Who is wrong? This is driving me crazy. I'm going to have a Brett Chancy rant on this edition of the Lockdown Astros podcast that starts now. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H Town Wheelhouse Chancy. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram and at Astros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive. Not sure who's telling me the truth. Always Stros. Yes, I'm actually kind of um, a little bit upset today. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff um, being floated around. And it's like, it's fine. People lie. People lie all the time. Like a uh, student said, yeah, I did my homework. But we know it's uh, it's the math programs on their phones. And it's um, all the stuff that they use. Or it's somebody else's this stuff on Instagram. People put stuff on Instagram. We know that people lie to us all the time. But uh, for a owner or whatever the situation to come out and say that you're in discussions with your star free agent. And then the Carlos Correa comes out and says, nah, um, I haven't heard from them. Uh, so there's just a lot that happened. So Carlos Correa came out and uh, talked to the media today. And there's a lot for us to talk about on this edition of the Lockdown Astros podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Talk about what James Click had to say. Talk a little bit about what Jim Crane had to say. Well, not really him, but the he released a press release. And uh, we'll have to say what was on that. And talk about what was a little bit, uh, kind of went into the whole thing. And I do want to talk a little bit about what we're supposed to get to yesterday, which was the six players that the Astros avoided arbitration with. And uh, thank you for making the Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day. Whether it's on YouTube, keep on subscribing. Our numbers are going up, so keep on subscribing, please. And uh, go ahead and listen to us on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep on listening to the Locked on Astros podcast. So um, Carlos Correa um, was um, interviewed today, and uh, he basically thanked the city of Houston, and he said that basically the Astros had no, since the lockout, they had no um, communication with him. They did not offer him the uh, a additional deal. And so uh, he, he was asked, uh, do you have any... Um, any do you have any bitterness over the lack of interest and he said absolutely not he went on to say it's part of the game it's just how it is it's a business and it's, it's a sport uh, yes it's a sport but it's also a business and the astros had to do what they had to do i had to do what i had to do and i want to talk about the whole process on the twin side a little bit as well what happened it was just it's just crazy i don't know, you have any thoughts well, yeah, um, I definitely do. So Scott Boris has a history 
of making things happen behind the scenes without players knowing. I don't know if you know the history with him and Martin Maldonado. Martin Maldonado actually fired Boris because of dealings he was making behind his back. One of my suspicions is that Scott Boris did communicate with the Astros and he did not tell Carlos Correa. That is very possible. Why? Because there's history of that happening. Scott Boris is an agent, you have to realize. Scott Boris basically stole Carlos Correa from his previous agency, um, if you want to use that term. And I really don't know that everybody is telling the truth here. I think there's a little bit of truth sprinkled in with a little bit of making some stuff up. Because I have no reason to believe that Jim, that James Click would come out and just ball face lie to Mark Berman in the media in an interview when they've been tight lipped. It's quite possible that behind the scenes, they were very upset with the way the process went. Maybe they got toyed around by Boris where they basically said, okay, this is what Minnesota is going with. Will you make a counter? And they, they could have said, well, you know, our offers on the table, would you take our offer with a one-year opt-out? We have no idea what happened behind closed doors, but they both can't be lying. It's not true that if Correa says we didn't talk to them, but the Astros saying we did, both of those things can't be true at the same time. Right. One of them is false. Two negatives make a positive. Boris here, I believe, Boris here, I have a tendency to believe Click and Crane more than I do Scott Boris. I, I'm sorry. I just I just don't I don't trust Scott Boris in this situation. I'll be real honest with you. I think that it's very possible, Eric, that Carlos might not have known what exactly was going on behind the scenes. That's not outside the realm of possibilities. And a lot of people aren't really talking about that. A couple different people, I think Rob, Rob from Cyprus mentioned that on Twitter. He actually pulled it. There's actually an article on why Martin Maldonado fired Scott Boris. The bottom line is this couldn't be a worse PR fallout or nightmare for the Astros. They had the, the fumbling of the apology after the scandal came out, and then the way they handled this. I think they could have handled – they have a PR department issue, Eric. They really do. They have an image issue, and they've got to start fixing it because they're letting everybody else run the narrative for their team. All right, here's a quote from Scott Boris, and he told this to the Chronicle. Jim and I had a very candid and long conversation about his decision-making. He told me about his plans for what he wanted going forward. He said he had some considerations to do regarding whether or not Carlos could fit into that. They had already added Verlander and Hector Neris to the team and made some commitments. There are decisions that only the owners can make. He was very open about it and forthright. I don't have any issues with it at all. So was that Boris saying that Jim Crane said, uh, yeah, we're not interested in him? Uh, if, if that's the case, then what was the whole point of coming out and saying we have we're, ha we're in discussions with him? Because I, I think they were actually in discussions with him. I really think, I, I just, like I said, I can't let myself to believe Scott Boris over James Click and Jim Crane. Yeah. And okay, so let's quit gaslighting Jim Crane as this horrible penny-pinching owner. No, he's not. Because, no, I'm not saying you are. I'm saying, no, I'm saying let's not. Like, this whole narrative is coming out. Jim Crane is cheap. James Click is cheap. 
And of course, I joke a little bit about us being the ashtrays and the level up and the raise up. And, and of course, that for me was more banter than me being serious. OK, this team has been more successful under Crane than it's been under any other team. Would I like Crane have to gone out and made a better offer publicly? Yes. But at the end of the day, man, I really hope the truth really comes out because I would like to know. I mean, the fans would like to know. To me, the Astros have everything to lose and nothing to gain by lying. Why would they lie like this about this? And keep in mind, there is such thing as having discussions and a offer. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if they said they never made us an offer, but they did, or if they say, well, they wouldn't even talk to us, but they had discussions like it's it can't be both. It has to right. be one or the other. And, and and that's what's so frustrating about this. And then the cheesy line Boris delivered. Uh, look, he's number four. He's C4. He's like C4. Was, he's C4 dynamite. He's going to be. But it was. It was going to be. It was. The delivery was all wrong. It came across cheesy and almost dad like. And so, like, seriously, Boris has a PR problem. Um, a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people don't trust him. And at the end of the day, he doesn't care because he is making all that dough, man. He's making all that money. All right, so when we get back, we'll uh, talk about some of the reasons why Carlos Correa loves the Twin Cities now and uh, why he convinced his wife to go to Minnesota. Uh, there's just so much that just happened today. Uh, wh what are we talking about right now, Brad? I totally forgot. So Bet Online is the place where you can get all your sports betting action. College basketball tournament is here. And if you're listening to this on Thursday, the Cougars play – in San Antonio, it's going to be a great game. There are all kinds of games going on, not just basketball. It's also hockey. Those playoffs are ramping up. NBA, those playoffs are coming around soon. Um, you can bet on props, odds, everything, divisional leaders. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sporting needs. Go to betonline.net where you can get your favorite Vegas casino games, um, any source you need, the best podcast, the best news. Head to the website today. And use a mobile device and to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. And while you're there, why don't you go and check out um, our friend Lindsey Crosby over at the Locked On MLB Prospect uh, podcast. He does a great job over there. And I love how fired up he is about how the MLB pipelines ranking system is totally off. And he's like, I'm going to do a podcast just uh, saying that they're totally off and I think it's in its order. So uh, he, he knows the stuff guys. So go check out the locked on MLB podcast, uh, pro uh, sorry, prospects podcast talking. Uh, I don't want to spend this whole podcast talking about um, Carlos Correa. Cause no, I, because, I because there was a on. game. Yeah. yeah. There was a game on Wednesday yeah. and there were some good things that happened. So, but I do, I do want to say this, that um, Correa uh, had a conversation with uh Daniela and uh, it was like, babe, what do we do at, on a daily basis when we're in the middle of the season? We watch movies, we go eat at restaurants, and now we take care of a baby. Every city in the United States has that. So wherever we go, it will be fine. So when we put that in perspective, she saw it like that and was like, I guess you're right. Wherever likes, life takes us, we're going to be ready to go out there and help a team 
when I think he actually said, I'm making $35.1 million this year. I'm going to have a career year, and we're going to flip this thing for a $350 million contract. So does it matter where we watch Netflix or order Uber Eats from? It doesn't, because we about to get paid full. Kylo's about to be set for life. I mean, we are going to have the Correa Hitting Academy. It's going to be off the charts. You know, it, it was actually very husbandly, I guess you could say, for him to say that about his wife. And he loves his wife, and as he should. He is a family man. You know, we forget that these guys are real people, right. too. Um, but, Eric, do you mind if I talk about James Click's side of the yeah, story? Yeah, I was going to. Okay. So James Click said this, and this is a quote from Mark Berman on Twitter. Certainly, it's a very difficult day for the organization. But at the same time, we wish Carlos and his family nothing but the best. He has been more important to this franchise than I could possibly know, and certainly more important to our fans than I could possibly know. He is a tremendous baseball player, a tremendous human being, and we wish him and his family nothing but the best. Thought that was a great quote. So contrary to multiple reports, Click says that the Astros were in contact with Correa's representatives since the lockout ended. His representatives, not Correa. Certainly don't want to comment on every rumor that's out there, Click said, but I can say that we were actively engaged throughout the process. We had many conversations with Carlos representatives in the time after the lockout and leading up until he let us know that he was planning to go a different direction. So I'm going to end it at that because then he just goes on and kind of praises Correa what he did. And he said, basically, um, we've been one of the most successful teams in baseball over the past five years. Jim Crane and this organization have shown the willingness to compete financially with every other team out there. We will continue to do that to put the best team on the field that we can. Let me remind Astros fans, we're not the Yankees. Okay. Um, the Yankees are, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Um, we are a team that has an established team that top five, top six hitters are a formidable opponent for anyone. And if you get anything else out of the rest of the lineup, it's just icing on the cake. This is why I have to believe click here. This is why I have to believe that maybe Boris is running interference or snowing or putting the wool over Correa's eyes. But then again, the agent does work for the player. And you would think, okay, well, the agent works for the player. He would never do that. Ask Martin Maldonado how that worked out. Right. Well, um, I read the athletic piece on how the whole uh, process of Crea going to Minnesota worked out. And apparently uh, Minnesota was trying to get Trevor Story, but he wanted a six-year deal and uh, they wanted a short-term deal. Uh, so uh, they then he went to Boston. And so uh, apparently Boris reached out to Minnesota and they're like, hey, he's like, hey, I got a player that would be perfect for your ballpark. He has a 12 something OPS uh, there and like, and yeah, just, like a, yeah, like a 1201, I think yeah. to be exact. And because uh, they've got a good batter's eye out there and Carlos Cray will hit uh, pretty good there. And uh, he's got good leadership. He'll probably take you to the playoffs and he sold them right away. And when they mentioned the names, Carlos Correa, uh, the twins owner and the GM were like, wait, aren't the Yankees and Astros fighting over this guy? And uh, he wants to come to the twins. Really? On the short-term deal? Wait, pinch me. Uh, get some pizza and some wings. We're going to stay in tonight. <laughs> and so they they worked on that deal, and they got it done. If originally, they wanted to do a three-year deal, no opt-out. But then once they realized that it was going to be a 
uh, they, it was going to get done. They went ahead and gone with the opt out. And the reason why it was 35.1 had nothing to do with Francisco Lindor. It had more to do with uh, Nolan Arenado. They had they wanted to be more than that 35 million per year. So it was 35.1. So here's what it says. The New York Post. I just found this. Thus, Boris said he alerted Correa that they may have to use a market bridge, a.k.a. Minnesota, to the concept was Correa gets a protection of three years at 105, the 35.1, like you just mentioned, um, plus the with the opt-outs after year one and two to possibly go back into the free agent market. Right. Guys, I think he's done. I think he's done after one year. I think he's one year in the soda and he's out. I mean, he's gone. And Minnesota. That's not what he says. He says, I'm not here for the short term. I'm here to build a winner. I'm here to make Minnesota a winner. I know. Yes, lip service. You know what? You would say the same thing, Eric. If you were this top level, top flight athlete and you came to a city, you're not going to tell them, hey, guys, I'm using y'all for a year. I got a 1200 OPS. I'm going to totally light the freaking stat sheet on fire and I'm going to burn this place to the ground like it's a freaking grass fire in the middle of a super dry summer like in a drought you know what i'm saying this is what they're saying we're not seeing it uh, this is what Craig said we're not seeing this as a one-year thing we're seeing this <laughs> as a i want to build a championship culture in this organization i want to show you guys what i can do and bring to the table so we can have a long-term relationship at some point now eric i would love to believe Korea because because here's the thing I actually really like Correa. He's one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball. I think he's really good for the game. I think a healthy Correa is great for the game, right? Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is this. He just showed me what he's about. He's in Minnesota for $35.1 million. The Astros offered him $32. Don't tell me he's not in it for the money. I don't begrudge him for that. That's his prerogative. But he's also going to say the things because he's a professional. He's been preparing for this since he was five. So he's going to say all the right things. But don't think for a second that unless Minnesota comes across with some some mid-season acquisitions or next season they have some big targets they bring in, that Carlos Correa, why would he stay in Minnesota for 10 years? Why? Why I I just build a winner. Who knows? You know know what? You know what, though, Eric? If he does, then I would actually have a deeper admiration for him than I already do. But he's going to have to convince me with his actions because I don't believe for a second he stays in Minnesota. I think the truth will come out at some point. But Correa said that he uh, holds no ill will. Actually, after he decided to sign with the Twins, he sent a text message to Crane to James Click, and also to Jeff Luno, uh, thanking them for everything. And and uh, I believe that. Him. And, I mean, yeah. why why would you be mad at them? You're right. making $35.1 million. Of course you're not mad at them. <laughs> right. So it's just, um, it just kind of weird that the whole, like, um, I can – we can uh, stay – we stay in. We can go to restaurants anywhere. So why not just go to Minnesota where it's cold a lot? So <laughs> – um, anyway, so let's go and uh, kind of move away from Carlos. Yeah, Gray. we'll see him definitely. at some point this this season. But and the truth will come out at some point. I don't know who's lying. It just um, it just a little uh, irked me a little bit. But uh, let you talk about the six uh, players that avoided arbitration. Okay. It was Framer Valdez, Alemis Diaz, uh, Ryan Stanek, Phil Maton, 
uh, Josh James and Rafael Montero. So here's the thing. Rafael Montero, I think, is one of those guys, you know, because they can expand the roster to 26 and 28. But Montero and Baez are going to be on the outside looking in, I believe, when it comes to. See, here's here's the thing, Eric. I know they went ahead and avoided arbitration. They could actually DFA him. And more than likely, he makes it through waivers, and then they can just sign him to the AAA club and then bring him up when they need him. You see what I'm saying? So they could do that with him. I was actually talking to some people today about that. But I love that they got Stanek in. I love Matan. Josh James, if he can put it together mentally, Eric, this guy right here, this guy has huge potential. Alibnis Diaz, I know a lot of people don't like him, but there's a chance that if they don't feel that Jeremy Pena is ready, that Alibnis Diaz could be splitting time week one with Jeremy Pena. Um, and then, so you have, okay. And then Framber Valdez, obviously you're going to avoid arbitration with him as long as you can until his big contract is up. All right. I don't know who doesn't like a Ms. Diaz. He, he gets injured a lot, but. Um, there are a lot of people who don't want a Ms. Diaz as a shortstop of this team. As Almost a starting every- shortstop. No, but. That's what I'm saying. They okay. they just they're like, well, you know, he's often hurt. Why do we even have him? I don't. I mean, there's a he, lot he of negative the, sentiment. He is the Marwin Gonzalez, the mini Marwin Gonzalez of the right. Team, so. But out of him and Nico Goodrum, Nico Goodrum is the better shortstop. Statistically uh, he didn't look speaking, like it the other day. <laughs> okay, I'm just it. telling you. You look at their stats. Okay, I love Chandler Rome's uh, tweet the other day. He's like, oh, Nico Goodrum is wearing. Um, is playing shortstop and he's wearing 11. It's almost the same. And then he makes an error. He's like, not quite the same. <laughs> well, you know, the bottom line is this. They're they're all going to get some time there. Um, Pena will not play every... I mean, Eric, there's a stretch from April to May where they play like 34 out of 35 days. In their first week, they play nine of their first 10 days of the season. They, they're playing games their first nine games on the road are in 10 days. So they're going to need a lot of help because they're going to need to be platooning a lot at shortstop and center field. Goodrum can play a decent center field, but Goodrum's best position on the field is as shortstop. Alebnis is actually a better second baseman defensively than a shortstop. I know that Rafael um, Montero was projected to get about 3.1 million. Farmer Valdez got 3 million in his first um, year of arbitration. You have Diaz getting 4.5 million after making 3 million last year. Oh, uh, Montero uh, agreed to 2.7, a uh, 2.275. So he was, he's supposed to get 3.1, but he, so he settled for less. And then Ms. Diaz was supposed to get 4.0. I think he settled. He went ahead and got a little bit more. Uh, then um, from Valdez was supposed to get 3.2. According to MLB trade rumors, he got a little bit uh, less. And then Josh James was supposed to project to get 700K. I think he got 800K, so he got a little okay. bit more. And Stanek got 2.1. And then Phil Maton got 1.55 million. So that's um, actually, with the way he pitched in playoffs, that's a really steal right there. No, yeah, he's, I mean, Matan and Matan's one of these guys that never shows emotion on the mound. I mean, he's got ice in his veins. I love this kid. I'm so glad that he is with the Houston Astros. I I think he's going to have another great year. And one of the things that we're going to have to tackle before the season is 
A, are they going to go with the six-man rotation to start out with? I think that would benefit Justin Verlander. And also, they are probably going to have to do a lot of piggyback starts, maybe not a lot, but a few. Because as we've talked, you remember our conversations with Jimmy Andersby, with the different pitchers, with Joe Record. Um, they are conditioned with these piggyback starts, you know, coming through the minors. And they're probably at some point going to have to do that, especially when they go that April to May or like 44 games in 45 days. They're going to have to do some little, some tricks on the mound to get through that successfully. Dude, Eric, I think this year's got so many possibilities. We got so many storylines, you know. Pena, what's he going to become? Is he going to like? Is he going to be the leadoff hitter? That's an interesting. I know. You well, don't take I, too much from a yeah, spring training think, game. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you. No, I don't know. The but guy strikes out feet. way. He strikes out way too much. Yeah. yeah, but if you strike out, you 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 can't run the bases if you're striking out. All right. So the Astros today actually played the St. Louis Cardinals. They beat the Cardinals ten to three. And so for those of y'all that are that basically listen to our podcast. I'm going to tell you what is what happened today in the game, just real quick, Eric, and then you can break this down for us. Um, Justin Verlander, he got the victory on the mound, of course. Um, well, you know, he he only pitched um, 2.2 innings, but they gave him the win. He gave up three hits. He had two strikeouts. Um, Hector Neres came in, got a hold with one strikeout. Anoli Paredes came in, um, had one strikeout, one hit, one walk. Tyler Ivey came in, gave up a couple earned runs um, and walked a couple batters, gave up three hits. John Bermudez came in and got a hold, um, four hits, one earned run, one strikeout. And Mushinsky came in with two strikeouts. Offensively, Eric, this was great. Alex Bregman had a double. Um, McKenna had a double today. So did Hensley. And then adding with the home runs, um, if you go to the YouTube channel and watch, you'll see Pedro Leon hit a home run. You'll see Yuli Gurriel and then Schrader hit a home run. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Schreiber hit a home run, which we don't have there. And you got RBIs from Diaz, from Gurriel, Jones, Leon, McKenna, and Schreiber. So all in all, 10-3, to 3, a great game. Adam Wainwright was starting for the Cardinals, and the Astros looked good. Eric, how important is it for Justin Verlander come out on the mound, his first start, 30 pitches. Today, he threw 51. He was limited at 50. He wanted five more pitches. Dusty said no. How important it is for Justin to come out here and look comfortable in these first two starts, even though it's spring training? Well, he said he's still not even uh, close to being midseason form. Uh, he's still trying to find his um, his comfort zone. He hasn't pitched that much in what, two years since that Tommy John surgery, but he was sitting at 94, 95. Um, he threw 51 pitches, 31 of them strikes. Um, and he said, I was trying to get uh, consistency. I felt good physically. So that's an important thing. And then sharpening my pitches is the next thing. I threw some good ones, but consistency to me wasn't where I would like it. And so he was super down on himself, but he hasn't allowed a earned run. I know it's only, what, uh, maybe five innings so far this spring. So I wouldn't look too deep into the numbers yet, but Verlander's just doing what he's doing. But one thing that he did compliment was Jeremy Pena's athleticism at shortstop. He made a great play, and he said that he probably seems to be the front runner right now at shortstop, and he's excited to see him out there behind him. And it's a great first opportunity to see him, what he can do. That's huge. And that's going to be key. See, Pena has a lot of pressure, but then again, to me, he doesn't. 
I don't need him to be Carlos Correa. I need him to be Jeremy Pena. I just need him to go out and be a plus defender. Um, I need him to hit for a decent average. I need him to hit for power, get some RBI. I need him to score some runs. And that's it. Today, his diving stab, where he basically, I mean, the line drive was smoked right to him. He dove, um, and then he got up immediately from his knees, tossed the ball to Altuve for a double play. And the more guys like Verlander, the more guys like um, Altuve come into the fold and say, look, Jeremy Pena is a front runner. This is very good for this kid. I And I don't think anybody who's upset at Correa not being here, I don't think anybody's rooting for Pena to lose or Pena to not do well. But we at some point have to move on to know that that door is closed and another one has opened. So I believe opportunities are like that. When something closes, another opportunity opens. And this is wide open. And Jeremy Pena is very serious. And that's why I like what you, you had brought up a few podcasts ago, how he said in the locker room, I'm not here to replace anybody. I'm here to be me. And that is the mindset you want this kid to have. So, and like, you know, I know there's not a ton to look into it, but I think it's good that Justin Verlander's going out there. He looks comfortable. Um, he's he's hopping off the mound after certain pitches when he gets strikeouts. And, and it's just comforting to have him out there with the uncertainty with, uh, you know, Lance McCullers to start the season. All right. Yeah, for sure. And a couple of news and notes is that uh, Rafael Montero has finally arrived to camp so he can start getting ready for the season. And I do uh, foresee him that the Astros really like his stuff. That's why he wasn't just a um, what did uh, Javi call um, Trey Turner yesterday? A uh, extra Cheeto or a extra onion ring? Yes. Uh, he was well, he was but a, an extra onion ring in the bag is pretty dang rewarding if you really weren't expecting an onion ring. I think that was a good thing, though. I mean, hey, maybe he's an extra container of tater tots. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Rafael Matero is somebody that the Astros actually targeted and they actually wanted him, right? Um, so, uh, he arrived in camp and Yuli Guriel has lost about 15 pounds of fat and he said no pizza and no Coca Cola. And as somebody yeah. who has dropped a lot of weight from cutting back on the sodas, I can understand that. So um, I keep it up, Yuli, uh, but I do have one complaint. You do look like you're running a little bit slow around the bases in front of um, Leon's home run there. Just kidding. Well, hold on, dude. It was a Just home run. Kidding. Just Good kidding. Lord, man. Eric's that, like, that was Eric, a blast. That yeah, was a Eric, blast. Eric had the stopwatch watching the replay going, <laughs> okay, that was way too slow, Yuli. No, that one, let me tell you. Pedro Leon, guys. Yeah. Pedro Leon, this kid, let this kid mature in AAA. Let this kid absolutely rake in Sugarland, and you're going to see his stardom pay dividends. Right. Give Jeremy Pena some time. The kid's going to do well. They're going to put Goodrum in there. They're going to put Diaz in there. They're, they're going to platoon that a little bit, but this team is primed for another AOS run. This team is primed to go back to the ALCS. And this team is primed to be one of the front runners for the World Series come the end of the season. I disagree. I'm going to disagree. You disagree with, hold on, hold on. What do you disagree with? With uh, platooning. I think if they're going to turn the keys over to Pena, they're going to give them as many opportunities to succeed. So let me redefine platoon. They're going to give Pena some days of rest. If they've got nine games in 10 days, what I'm saying on platoon is he's not going to be the only one playing at shortstop. You're okay, well, platoon Diaz. in my idea is like left-hander, right-hander. Okay, okay. 
Okay, so maybe okay, so so maybe I misused the term there. Um, you're going to have these utility guys get an opportunity. Hopefully, technically, Goodrum, Kyle Tucker is in a platoon. If by your logic, well, no, I just I just missed. No, dude, come on, man, <laughs> throw me under the bus like that. I just told you I misused the term, and then you coined it as my logic. You see, you see, he's my co-host, and he's throwing me. Like, are you my Scott Boris? Are you not? Is there somebody that's not talking to that talking to me? That's not talking. Anyways, alrighty, that's all we got for this edition <laughs> of the Lockdown Astros podcast. If you like this, go ahead and make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube and keep on listening to us on Apple Odyssey, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, keep on listening to the Lockdown Astros podcast, and we'll be back with another one tomorrow. Ghost Rose. Keep on getting these meaningless wins and spring training and continue it into the regular season. Ghost Rose.